Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Broadcasting to the four corners of the conservative universe, it's the Matlock Show. He loves all things conservative politics, and if there's a microphone nearby, you can bet he'll be the one beating the left over the head with it. And now, a true original, the common sense conservative, here's your host, Matlock. Oh yeah, another fun-filled week of conservative greatness as I, Matlock, bring you all of the greatest conservative hits that you can handle in one podcast. Welcome in to the Matlock Show. I am Matlock, your host. So glad you're along for the ride this Monday morning. It is Monday morning, even though this podcast will drop at 4 p.m. this afternoon. Um, I've got a busy broadcast day today. Going to be on a couple shows, uh, filling in around the country and growing this brand every single day. Thank you so much. Hey, please do me a great big favor. Share, share, share. This podcast, the video, lock and load over to America's Voice. Make sure you've downloaded the app. Make sure you found YouTube. Make sure you found it on iTunes, iHeart, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever podcasts are found. I would certainly appreciate it. Lots going on in the world today. Lots, lots, lots. Hillary Clinton's back in the news. We're going to spend a uh, good amount of time talking about Hillary and, of course, Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, we're going to talk about the president. We're going to talk about G7. We're going to talk about Budigay. We're going to talk about Alexandria Casio cortez We're going to talk about Bernie Sanders. And if we have time, we're going to get into Justin Trudeau and one Barack Hussein Obama. Now, do me a great big favor. Head over to thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E. Check it out. Sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter every month. I put out a newsletter, the happenings that's that's going on here at the Matlock Show. You may find things that uh, most people don't get. So make sure you get over there. Sign up. It's free. I'm not going to spam you. You can ask. All, I've only sent out two newsletters. In the last two months, I'll send about once a month and give you the inner workings of what goes on inside this brain, this magnificent radio brain of mine, yours truly. But uh, get over there. Sign up. But anyway, there is a link over there. Verve Forever. You're you in the market for CBD oil? I mean, are you in the market to relax, cure your anxiety, help your headaches, your aches and pains, your inflammation? CBD oil does that and much more. And it's a fantastic product by Verb Forever. The link is over on my webpage, on, at my website, thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E. Here's the deal. Order today if you're a first-time buyer. If you use the code VERVE, V-E-R-V-E, five zero, you're going to get 50% off your first time order. You order over $100, you're going to get shipping for free in the, in the continental United States. If you're not a first time buyer and you're a frequent flyer, you can use VERVE25. Get your 25% off that product today. Check into the CBD oil. We got the CBD cream that you rub right on your achy spots, your back, your knees, your hips. It works fantastic. I know I use it. And then we have CBD oil for your pets, of which we use as well. And I'll tell you, our dog is not, uh, he's he's more mellow. You know, he. I don't think, I think it's helping with the pain. I think it's helping with the agitation because uh, he's hurting. He's got hip dysplasia. He's got some issues. He's getting older. He's an elderly dog. And I think this CBD oil has really helped him just relax and not be as anxious. And I think to feel better. And I think, I, I can't tell you if it's happened. I don't know if it's help with the pain. I just don't know. He can't, he can't tell me. But I'll tell you what, it does work. Get over there to the Verve Forever links at thematlockshow.com. Use Verve 50 or Verve 25 and get your CBD oil or cream today. All right. So. Let's talk about some things, shall we? Um, oh, lots of, there's always, there's always 
big news over the weekend. You know, we're still waiting on this Faisal report, which I'm going to tell you, I don't think the IG report is going to be anything earth-shattering, but now they're saying sweating bullets, you know, anticipation builds, blah, blah, blah. We found out that Mitt Romney has a secret Twitter account. I, I really don't care. I think it's funny, but this passes over as news because you know what's going on here. And I'm going to tell you, over the weekend, really interesting happenings in the Democrat Party. Um, I was having a conversation last night with, with a couple good friends, and we were talking about Tulsi Gabbard. Now, first of all, I, I want to set the picture for you because it baffles me in my mind that anybody would really take her seriously. And the only reason I say that is because she's polling at like 1%. She is way down there. Now, she's still a socialist. She backed out of the Democrat Party. I'm going to get into all of this background here in this hour. But she was with the DNC. She was on the Hillary Clinton bandwagon. And she left the DNC and endorsed Bernie Sanders. Not a good thing on her part. But now... (laughs) I, I'm, 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 I'm mystified at this story, and I'm sure you are too. Speaking directly to the camera in a video message posted on her social media on Sunday, 2020 presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard suggested that Hillary Clinton's recently smeared her as a Russian agent or asset as payback for Gabbard's defiance of the party's establishment in 16. Now, first of all, there, there's some questions. Is Hillary Clinton that butthurt? Is she that butthurt? Is she that vindictive? Is she that sore at Tulsi? I mean, let's look at this. You know, and I want you to take this for what it is. Here is Tulsi Gabbard. She's a veteran. She's a moderate, and I use those, and I use that word in the loosest term possible. She's got some socialistic tendencies. I'm not a fan of hers. She's attractive. She's young. She seems like she's about only one of the few in the Democrat Party who even has any kind of a brain or an idea of what the Democrat Party actually would want. And then you've got Hillary Clinton, who's a washed up old rag, who is just angry and and, and pissed off all the time. And she's married to Bill. And Bill doesn't like sleeping with her. Bill sleeps with everything else. And then Hillary writes a book saying, well, the strongest I've ever been is, is when I put up with Bill's shit. It, it, it's a really, really weird dynamic. So to me, here's the questions I have in my mind. Is Hillary really jealous of Tulsi? Because she's young, attractive, coming up in the political world, doesn't have to deal with Bill. Or is she just that vindictive? Is she just pissed off that she, Hillary, isn't the one running for president, because I've told you this on this very show. I believe Hillary Clinton is still going to run. Why else do you throw yourself in the middle of this crap if you don't have some kind of intention to do something with the Democrat Party? Why do this? Why would you start an argument? Why would you call out Tulsi Gabbard when she is polling at like one, maybe two percent? It doesn't make any sense sense. And to sit here now, the second part of this argument, which really baffles me is why is everything connected to Russia when it's actually Hillary Clinton that is attached to Russia? I'll get to that in a little bit too. But it says, uh, Tulsi says, if they can falsely portray me as a traitor, then they can do it to anyone. And in fact, that's exactly the message they want to get across to you. Gabbard, a Democrat said in the video. If you stand up to Hillary and the party power brokers, if you stand up to the rich and powerful elite in the war machine, they will destroy you and discredit your message. But here is the truth. They will not intimidate us. They will not silence us. Why? Why? I mean, I'm going to say a few things here. You know, I watch in the business of radio where show hosts, will pick fights with other show hosts and they've got a back they've got a little you know behind the scenes deal. Hey, 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 hey. Um I'll take some shots at you. You take some shots at me. 
and we'll make this look really good. But what happens is, is we'll gin up people paying attention to both of us. And I've seen it happen before. Don't don't think for a second it doesn't. And I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that's going to go out and ramrod someone else or talk about them. I don't need to. I don't need to talk about someone else's program, someone else's show. But this is kind of what it feels like to me. Almost like Tulsi and, and, and Hillary made a little behind-closed-door deal. Hey, hey, you know, you're way back in the polls, Tulsi. Let me help you out. And, and, and let me throw some shade at you. And then you throw some shade at me. And then all of a sudden, both of our names are, are in the media. Because look what I'm talking about on a Monday morning after a big news weekend. Tulsi Gabbard and Hillary Clinton. And, and to me... My brain works in a way where I'm always questioning. Why would someone, Hillary Clinton, go after Tulsi Gabbard, who has very little momentum, very little position within the Democrat Party? She's not polling well. Um, she's way down in the ranks. She's probably doesn't have a whole lot of donors. You know, it, it, the whole thing is, I was talking last night. She's probably one of the better Democrats to actually run against Trump. If you really look at Tulsi Gabbard, she might be one of the Democrats who actually had an offhand chance of winning or at least doing well. Let's put it that way. I don't know. I don't know if anybody could beat Trump. I honestly, I just don't know right now. And I don't say this as overconfident or cocky. I just, I have a hard time. I, I have not seen a Democrat yet that in my mind says, you know what? Trump's in trouble. Trump better put it in gear. Trump better get after it because this candidate is really going to take it to him. I, I just don't see that out of any candidates on the left. So it's interesting to me, this whole Hillary Clinton, Tulsi Gabbard deal, because now Gabbard feels she, she, she made this video and I'm not going to play it. I really don't care. Uh, she she made this video, started the video by referencing her time as the vice chairwoman of the Democrat National Committee. And she was from 2013 to 16 before she quit and threw her support behind Bernie Sanders. At the time, Gabbard accused party leaders of stifling her freedom of speech and unfairly tipping the scales in favor of eventual nominee Hillary Clinton. Now, here's, here's the next question that popped into my mind, okay? Does Tulsi Gabbard know that Hillary Clinton rigged the DNC in her favor? I mean, does she have that info? Is that why Hillary Clinton's coming after her? Because she's a wounded, I mean, she's backed into a corner. Gabbard has the goods on the Clintons, so now Hillary needs to make sure she completely railroads Tulsi and completely smears her so that people will come out and say, well, I don't know if I believe Tulsi now. I mean, is that the strategy? Because Gabbard says, people warned me in 2016 that my endorsement of Bernie Sanders would be the end of my political career. They said Clinton would never forget. <laughs> That she and her rich and powerful friends, her allies in politics, in the media, will make sure that I'm destroyed. Is she following through on her promise? I mean, once again, if you, I want to hear what you guys have to say. Seriously. I'm really, this doesn't make any sense to me. As I process this over the weekend, as I process this this morning, as I'm sitting here talking about it with you today, I want to hear your responses at Real Matlock, L O C K E on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor. You can find me over at the Cartel Matt. Go follow me, by the way. Go follow the page. Go check it out. Go tell people you know the Cartel Matt over on Facebook. But what do you think about this situation? Is Hillary Clinton just that hellbent on revenge? Is this something that's been cooked up behind the scenes? Is this something that's trying to make Tulsi Gabbard? look better? I mean, some kind of controversy? Or is it something else? That's what I want to hear from you at Real Matlock on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor, The Cartel Matt on Facebook. So Mark Ames, <laughs> you know, he's saying the same thing that I'm thinking. So he took to Twitter 
and he says, if Tulsi's half-baked anti-interventionism causes the D.C. establishment to react this violently to a candidate polling around 1% to 2%, imagine what they do to a more formidable anti-empire populist. Right? I mean, right? What would they do to someone who actually is formidable? What would they, are, are they going to do this to Bernie Sanders? Are they worried about Bernie? You, you notice no one's worried about Joe Biden anymore. Have you noticed that? It's like all of the worry about Biden left. It, it, it's gone. Everybody knows on the left that Biden now really doesn't stand, I don't think, a chance to win anything. So no one's going after Biden anymore. Now you've got really Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren at the head of the party. And then this weekend, Gabbard's name pops up. Not Budigay, not Booker, not Kamala Harris, not Klobacher, not Castro, you know, not Steyer. And then waiting in the wings, which I find interesting too, that we're going to talk about a little bit this morning. I'm seeing articles now um, pretty regularly about Michael Bloomberg, billionaire, former Republican mayor, turn Democrat, turn independent, turn whatever the hell he is. Now the left is literally begging Michael Bloomberg to get in the race. What does that tell you? I mean, what does that tell you about the Democrat party? What, 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 what does it tell you? They don't like their candidates. They don't like their candidates. And I'm telling you, poor Elizabeth Warren, poor Focahontas, poor whatever she is. She just can't get a break because now She's pulling away. She's building momentum. It's the middle, almost end of October, going into November. We're about, I don't know, less than 90 days probably out of the first caucus in Iowa. I'd have to look it up. I believe it's sometime in January or early February. So if that's the case, we're literally about 90 days out. And now the Democratic establishment does not like Elizabeth Warren at all. So now you've got... Oh, please, Michael Bloomberg, please save the party. Please throw your hat in the ring. Please. You already got a billion in there. You got a billionaire in there. You got Tom Steyer. What's wrong with Tom? You know, is Tom too far left? You know, I'm going to tell you something here, and I've said this for quite some time now. I believe the Democrat Party is is in it's in shambles. Ashes. They're the socialistic, progressive, communist, status Democrats are burning the Democrat Party to the ground. We're going to get to that later. Uh, one Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Let her voice be heard. Remember, hashtag let her voice be heard. Well, her voice is being heard. It's amazing. She is making herself into a figure in this Democrat Party um, primary which I think is funny. She can't be president, but here she is front and center again, endorsing one Bernie Sanders. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, but the Democrat party is in trouble. It's, it's in a place where I think a lot of these Democrats don't like it. A lot of these moderate Democrats, you know, the people who, who are worried about winning, who are worried about the power brokers, who are worried about how the money flows up on Capitol Hill, I think they're worried. I honestly think they are starting to see that their party is shifting to a socialistic bent that they're going to have a hard time coming back from. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But I want to get back to Gabbard here. I want to, I want to continue this because, once again, it, it, it's, to me, baffling. So Gabbert went on to assert that countless hit pieces full of smears have been published in an effort to destroy my reputation, which included years of military and congressional service. At last week's New York Slimes CNN primary debate, Gabbert specifically called out the Slimes and CNN for waging what she called a propaganda campaign against her while also promoting endless regime change war. Now, I find this interesting because Gabbert came out and literally said that the fake news, the the, the mainstream media, was doing a propaganda campaign against her. Now, I agree with that. 
the 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 media is nothing but propaganda these days. The media is nothing but merit uh, uh, narrative today. You know, it's not news anymore. To have a liberal come out and say that is interesting. You know, because the Democrat Party, what's really always held true of the Democrat Party is they've always stuck together. Whenever the Democrat Party's in trouble, whenever they face some situation or accusations or, you know, they're they're being hammered on by the right or they're they're being called out for whatever, they always, always circle the wagon. That, that's the one thing about the Democratic Democrat Party that has always amazed me is they always fell in line. Didn't matter who you were. You know, because if you look at the look at the Republican Party, right? And, and I wouldn't even call myself a Republican, more of an independent, more of a libertarian. I, I had that conversation last night too. I wouldn't really identify with as a Republican anymore. But the Republican Party, it, it, it's fractured and it always has been. You know, there's different conservative groups. You know, the Tuesday Mornings and the Freedom Caucus and the Libertarians. And, you know, the Republican Party's always been that way. And for the most part, that's not a bad thing. We're free thinkers. We're self-responsible, personal responsibility type stuff, right? But for the most part, we tend to get our act together and we tend to vote the majority somewhere in that probably 70, 80% most of the time. The Democrat Party, when you look at it, the Democrat Party most of the time, in my opinion, about 95, 97% of the time, they all fall in line. We are now seeing a complete opposite Democrat Party. They're not falling in line. We're seeing more of this infighting. We're seeing, you know, as we're watching, and I'm telling you, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. The Democrat Party, I think, is changing. I think it's being taken over by the socialist, progressive, Medicare for all, free college bullshit that you see all the time. They're being taken over by that wing of the party. And I said this in an interview before. I said it when I was talking to John Cardillo out there at AmpFest. The Democrat Party is going to go the way of the wig. There's going to be a new, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. There's going to be new leadership. There's going to be a new formation. There's going to be a new wing of the Democrat Party that rises up that says, you know what? We are the socialist Democrat Party of the United States or we're the status or whatever it is. And I think that is becoming louder than anything that's on the side of the Democrat Party. And you are now seeing, in my opinion, you are seeing the old guard hit back. And, and, and I think Hillary's been into the vodka too much because she's hitting back at the wrong people. If this were really, in my honest opinion, if this was what Hillary and the old guard were trying to do, wouldn't you attack Bernie? I mean, Bernie would be um, enemy number one, state enemy number one. I mean, he is the socialist. He is the Medicare for all. You got Elizabeth Warren not far behind his heels there. But in the end, why is Tulsi Gabbard your target? Seriously. I still can't figure that out. I don't know why... Excuse me. Why uh, CNN or the Slimes would go after her? Uh, Gabbert says the New York Slimes and CNN have smeared veterans like myself for calling for an end to this regime change war. Just two days ago, the New York Slimes put out an article saying I'm a Russian asset and an Assad apologist. In all these different smears, this morning a CNN commentator said on national television that I'm an asset of Russia, completely despicable. And you notice how every single time you don't fall in line with what the old guard Democrat Party believes, it's Russia. It's amazing to watch this Russia. I mean, they have no proof of any Russia collusion with Trump, but yet Hillary Clinton's going to stick with this tired argument. I'm baffled by it. I, I I literally am. I'm baffled by it. I mean, they did the Mueller investigation, found nothing. 
We're waiting on the FISA to come out and this uh, IG report and John Durham and all that stuff. But they literally have found zero, zero credible evidence that Russia did anything in our election other than their troll farm spent, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars on Facebook. I hate to tell you, but not everybody's on Facebook. And uh, Facebook did not persuade me to vote for Trump. That's neither here nor there. But, you know, they've got no proof, but yet it's the tried and true argument that the old guard Democrats seem to fall back on. Now, Clinton herself, meanwhile, has come under scrutiny for raising money secretly from Russians when she was the Secretary of State. Cash flowed to the Clinton Foundation amid Russian uranium deal, read a 2015 headline in the New York Slimes. Now, I want you to think about it. The Russians paid Bill Clinton half a million dollars for a speech. You've got uranium one. I mean, we've got all kinds of proof that the Clintons were connected to the Russians. So once again, are you trying to deflect? Are you trying to project? What are you trying to do that says that, you know, oh, well, they're Russian, I'm not? Because now, doesn't this just point the finger back at Clinton? I mean, when you look at all this huffing and puffing and all the things she's doing and the accusations that are flying and the person she's attacking, you really look at this and you say, what the hell, Hillary? Are you into the sauce? Because you're the one that is more connected to the Russians than anybody else. Now, you even have Van Jones backing Gabbard's argument on air and called out the Clinton's disinformation saying she just came out against a U.S. congresswoman, a decorated war veteran, and someone who's running for the nomination of our party would just complete smear and no facts. <laughs> Jones continued, this is a very, very dangerous game. And there's a backstory here. Let's not forget Tulsi Gabbard was picked out by the Democratic Party establishment and put at the top of the DNC, and they thought she was going to be their golden girl. And then she got in that position with the DNC. She looked around, and she saw then-chairman, DNC chairman, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and other people, Clinton allies, doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing in the primary. She then publicly quit, endorsed Bernie Sanders, and it's been payback ever since. Is that really, could that really be the answer? I mean, could that really be the only thing that this whole argument is predicated on? Is that Hillary Clinton's pissed of what Tulsi Gabbard knows? Does, does, it, it, let, let, let me put this in front of you. Because here's where my mind goes when I start looking at these articles. Does Hillary Clinton have to remove Gabbard? Because Gabbert comes across as the moderate in the Democrat Party. Like it, don't like it, whatever. She's a veteran. She comes across as a, as, a, as a moderate. Does Hillary have to burn her to the ground before Hillary can get into the race? Does Hillary see her as the only competition of being on the right? Once again, Joe Sleepy Biden, done. Who else is moderate? Boudigay? Maybe Boudigay? Maybe? I mean, I don't know who else it would it would take. Now, I'm I'm looking here on Breitbart today, or as I, you know, and I'm kind of jumping around today because there's just a lot of stuff going on, right? There, there's a lot of stuff from over the weekend. This this, this argument, <clears throat> sorry, this argument of Gabbert and Clinton perplexes me. You know, as I sit here and we get ready for Iowa, and like I said, Iowa is not that far away in terms of politics. It really doesn't, 90 days is really nothing. It's really nothing. And now we're seeing, here's an article by Nancy Kaufman. Smears keep coming at the Democrats' anti-war candidate, Tulsi Gabbard who ripped into the corporate host of last Tuesday's presidential debate. Then on Friday, Hillary Clinton herself kept the smear campaign going, saying in a podcast hosted by former Barack Obama campaign manager David Plouffe, Pluff, that Russia is grooming Gabbert to be a third-party candidate. So here's the thing, too. That was the next tangent I wanted to go down. Because now 
You've got Hillary Clinton attacking Gabbard. Now the left is convinced, or at least people on the left are convinced, that that Tulsi might run as a third-party candidate, which would do what? It would split the Democrat vote, and Trump would walk away with the presidency. Does Trump have a deal with Gabbard? I mean, think about it. You know, I put out on Twitter uh, this weekend, the left is pissed and Hillary is pissed because this is a ploy that the left has always done. The left has always, for whatever reason, found somebody who can, I don't know, siphon votes off of the right. They do it every time. In the last one I think of is the uh, governor out there in New Mexico, Gary Johnson. When you really look at Gary Johnson, he hurt the Republicans in a couple of key states, took enough votes away that the liberals won, and then we, we, we got stuck with Barack Obama for a second term. Now, would it be so, I, I mean, complete theory here, okay? Complete conspiracy theory. Would it be so far out of the range of thought that President Trump might make a backdoor deal with Gabbard and say, look, you know, I want you to run third party against your party. Um, There may be a position for you somewhere. I can help you out. I mean, would it be so far-fetched in today's politics? I don't know if it's true, but isn't it normally, and I said this over the weekend on Twitter, the left are pissed about this because it's normally what, this is what happens to the right. You know, you had uh, Ross Perot split the vote and allowed Bill Clinton to be president of the United States. You see, we've seen this before on the right. We've seen this third-party candidate, not a lot, but enough of a third-party candidate at key points in, 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 in history of this country to make a difference. I'm going to tell you, Donald Trump is a smart man. Donald Trump knows he needs everything he can, he can get his hands on to fight the mainstream media, who is not on his side, and to fight the Democrat Party. Would it be so far-fetched to think that uh, he might make a deal with Tulsi Gabbard? I don't think so. Do I think it's the case? I don't know. It's just a thought that rattled through my head over the weekend. Because if Tulsi Gabbard runs as a third party, she siphons off probably somewhere in the neighborhood of four, three, four, five percent. If she can do that, the Democrat Party's toast. Toast. So now you've got this Nancy Kaufman saying or writing and kind of going along with the fact that Hillary thinks that Gabbert might be be groomed by Russia, which I don't believe that, to be a third-party candidate. Now, quote, it says, I'm not making any predictions, but I think they've got their eye on somebody who is currently in the Democratic primary and are grooming her to be the third-party candidate, Clinton said. She's the favorite of the Russians. Now, Hillary has no proof of this. That's the crazy thing. The Hillary has zero proof of this, right? She's got no facts. She can't back this up. It's 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 pure conjecture. Um I don't know why she would be doing it. Like I said, I don't know if her and Tulsi have a backdoor deal, if someone's doing something um, I don't know, but Gabbard's threatened to, you know, boycott these uh, debates. She says that they're rigged, uh, that they're propaganda, that they're corporate media, that they're trying to hijack the entire election process. Is Tulsi Gabbard just going rogue? Uh, you know, there's so many questions to answer here. I I don't I don't know. So among other reasons. Gabbard argued that the polls the DNC chose for certifying their candidates for the November debate were not as accurate as many of the non-certified polls that could actually help her qualify. So far, the only candidates who have qualified for November, Biden, Warren, Harris, and Buttigieg, not even Bernie has made the November qualifications yet. That's crazy. Now you start looking at this. 
Two days after Gabbard's threat, the New York Slimes published what she called a greatest hit smear piece. These are the folks who will be acting as the neutral questioners, moderators of Tuesday's debate. Laughing out loud, at the debate, Gabbert took aim. Just two days ago, she said, the New York Slimes put out an article saying, I'm a Russian asset and an Assad apologist and all these different smears. This morning, a CNN commentator said on national television, I'm an asset of Russia. Completely despicable. And she's right. <laughs> so there's been an unlikely, there's been unlikely support for Tulsi Gabbard. I, we, you know, if anything, she's getting talked about. I'm sitting there talking about her last night. I'm talking about her today. We've already spent 35 minutes of this podcast talking about Tulsi Gabbard. And before I get to this unlikely, I don't know, fan, let's say, I want to take a minute, head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com. There's a link over at the Matlock Show, L-O-C-K-E, matlockshow.com. Scars and Stripes Coffee. It's great coffee. I love coffee. I'm a coffee guy. I got to have my coffee in the morning. I drink about a pot of coffee a day. I mean, I just do. I need my caffeine. I need my coffee. I love my coffee. I drink it black. Scars and Stripes Coffee has fantastic coffee. As good as any of I've had on the market. Okay? But the thing about Scars and Stripes that I really love is they empower veterans. You know, You know my heart here at the Matlock Show. You knew my heart at the conservative cartel honoring our heroes. You, you, you know where I stand. I love our military. I love our law enforcement. I love those guys. You can too. You, you can help empower a veteran by buying Scars and Stripes coffee. You help these veterans to run a business, to make profit, to be independent contractors, to go out there and have a mission. And they get put in these small groups so they can communicate and talk and, and get along together and, and help navigate the after the deployment and the after, you know, being a soldier role. And it just helps them. So if you, if you can find it in your heart, if you're a coffee drinker, just try it. Go try it and see what you see if you like it or not. I mean, it's just one bag and the price is good. You can go empower a veteran, head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com, S-C-A-R-S, scarsandstripescoffee.com. Tell them Matt sent you. Do it. Do it today. It's great coffee. If you like coffee, you're going to love Scars and Stripes. Do it now. Go empower a vet, scarsandstripescoffee.com. All right. So I was telling you that Tulsi Gabbard has an unlikely fan, supporter. Rand Paul, or Ron Paul, I'm sorry. Ron Paul is a Tulsi Gabbert fan. Yeah, I was blown away by this too. Paul praised Gabbert when he said she's the most intelligent, would be the best. He also said if we had to pick one of them, Democrats, to be our president, I think she would be giving us the best chance as for bringing about peace. That's why Ron Paul likes her. Ron Paul's an isolationist. We know that. His son's not far from it, but we know Ron is, is right there. I find it interesting how all of this is playing out. I really do. Um, what I really find interesting, and I want to read this to you. This is what happened over the weekend. Um, so here's Tulsi Gabbard on Twitter. She says, great. Thank you, at Hillary Clinton. You, the queen of warmongers embodiment of corruption and personification of the rot that has sickened the Democrat party for so long have finally come out from behind the curtain. From the day I announced my candidacy, there has been a concerted campaign to destroy my reputation. We wondered who was behind it and why. Now we know. It was always you through your proxies and your powerful allies in the corporate media and war machine, afraid of the threat I pose. It's now clear that this primary is between you and me. Don't cowardly hide behind your proxies. Join the race directly. Now, okay, once again, questions. I've talked to you about Hillary Clinton joining said race. I've said to you that I would not be surprised if Hillary Clinton didn't join the race. Okay. So when I've, I've got all these questions, we talked about through this now for almost 40 minutes, and then you get that 
Don't hide behind your proxies. Join the race. Is this her invitation? Is this Hillary setting up her invitation? Is this the the what I the strategy that I talked about where Hillary and Tulsi might be working together? Did Hillary approach Tulsi and say, hey, look, you're young, vibrant. We can have an all-female ticket. You know, here's the deal. I want to get in. I want to run against you. I want to make it look good. Let's really go after each other. I'm going to win. And then the end, I'm going to say, you know, um, I found out a few things about Tulsi that I just really didn't know about. She's tough this, tough that. You know what I'm going to do? I've won the I've won. The primary, Tulsi Gabbard is going to be my vice president. Is that far-fetched? Now, I've said this before. I actually thought it was going to be Kamala Harris in Tulsi. Because I believe, and I still believe, that the Democrat Party, I've been told this is not the case across, this is not. So, I've been told and I've researched You've had some smaller parties, uh, some outside of the mainstream parties that have ran an that have ran an all woman ticket, president, vice president. It's never happened on the Republican or Democrat tickets. We've never had a woman and a woman run for president and vice president on the same ticket. So is that what we're lining up for? Are we lining up for this magical woman and woman ticket, vice president, president? Uh, can you imagine? Uh, you know, Clinton Gabbard. You. <sighs> The problem with all of this, I'm going to tell you, the problem with all of this is what's theatrics and what's not. Seriously. Politics are theatrics. You're noticing, I mean, if you really look at the impeachment, if you look at what's going on, you see everything happening in the world, you start looking at all this stuff, all politics really is is theatrics. It's one one segment to the next. It's from one you know, part of the play to the next. And away we go. So now Donald Trump, President Trump has gotten to this and he says, he tweets. So now Crooked Hillary is at it again. She is calling Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard a Russian favorite and Jill Stein a Russian asset. Because see, Hillary came out this weekend and talked about the Green Party's Jill Stein and said the exact same thing. Brought up Russia again. Trump says, as you may have heard, I was called a big Russia lover also. Actually, I do like Russian people. I like all people, he says. Hillary's gone crazy. Has she? You know, I'm going to say something here. I don't think Hillary's gone crazy. I think Hillary is setting up her re-entrance into the Democrat Party is what I really believe is happening. I believe she's got a, a deal with, uh, I, in my mind, She's got that deal with Tulsi Gabbard. I, I told you before, it happens in radio a lot. Two radio hosts will get together. They're actually friends. They'll, they'll get behind the scenes and they'll say, hey, I'm going to call you a dumbass or I'm going to say something about your program or I'm going to gin up some kind of controversy so that you and I can get dual ratings because any ratings, bad or good, are ratings we need, right? There's no such thing as bad publicity. And in the Democrat party, I think that's tenfold. There's really no such thing as bad publicity. I think Hillary Clinton is setting herself up to make a run again. And here is my proof why. I came across this article. I think it was Saturday. I tweeted it at Real Matt Locke. Hillary decries bankrupt DNC we're going to be outgunned, outspent, and outlied. Why would you, again, as someone who was the titular head of the Democrat Party, why would you call out the DNC? And that's the Democrat National Committee for those of you in Flint, Indiana. Clinton has issued a plethora of of excuses for her historic loss in 16 from the Russians to misogyny to fake news, a term conservative media managed to hijack and appeared to offer another excuse for her defeat. 
decrying the DNC as a bankrupt organization compared to the well-funded, well-prepared Republican National Committee and then candidate Donald Trump. So I want you to think about this for a second. I was I was dumbfounded. I'm like, wait a minute. Did Hillary Clinton just say the DNC was bankrupt? So did she just say that she was outworked by the Republican National Committee? You know, I want you to think about that for a second. That's some craziness right there because if you really look at that on its face value, what she's really saying is that the Democrats are inept, that the party power structure is inept, that they were out hustled, they were outworked, and that then-candidate Donald Trump inherited a much cleaner, better machine. Why would you say that? Yet again, why would this come out of your mouth? I mean, is she a sore loser? More than likely. But what are you saying here? She went on, and here's what Hillary had to say. She says, and you know, as well as anybody, that you get the nomination when you're a Democrat, and then you basically have to get a game plan for the general election, she said, according to audio posted by the GOP War Room on Friday. She says, quote, when I became the nominee, I inherited a bankrupt organization, and Trump inherited a well-funded, well-prepared organization. The day he got the nomination, having done nothing for the Republicans his entire campaign, was a day that he already, there were already, you know, like 21 offices in the state of Florida. Now, Clinton went on to warn the Democrat nominee, whoever that may be, will likely face a similar uphill battle due to the DNC's shortfalls. Now, I want to stop there for one second. What reason would Hillary Clinton have to say this? What reason would she do this? She needs to send a message to the higher-ups in the DNC. She wants them prepared, ready, and able to go to work when she becomes the nominee. They hate Elizabeth Warren, Focahontas. Bernie Sanders is gone. Joe Biden is gone. Buttigieg's got no chance. I mean, what she's doing, in my personal opinion, is she's throwing down the gauntlet and saying, look, the last time I ran, you guys weren't up for the task. You need to get your head out of your asses and help me win this time. That's what I hear. Do you hear something different at Real Matt Locke on Twitter, Instagram, Parler? The cartel mad on Facebook. I mean, I can't explain this any other way. Why else would you completely tear down your own party and its structure and the hierarchy and the people running it? What what would you why would you do this right before an election unless you wanted to rebuild it in your own image? That's the only viable answer. She says, I had to do all of that. There was nothing. I had nothing. So from my perspective, I think we'll be a little better off than we were back then. But we're going to be outgunned, outspent, and outlied. She says, I mean, we're going to have a lot of problems. Meanwhile, the RNC is outraising the DNC by millions. The RNC raised $27.3 million in September alone. The RNC's fundraising haul in September is the highest amount for an off-cycle month ever raised by the GOP, and the Democratic National Committee notes the news outlet. The RNC, which has $59.2 million in cash on hand last month, has more than doubled the DNC fundraising in the current, of, current cycle. The political committee said, while Democrats focus on fighting President Trump, Republicans have prioritized voters, and we have another record-breaking fundraising month, the highest ever off-cycle off to show for it, RNC Chairman Rona McDaniels told Fox News. The RNC September fundraising haul followed the massive $125.7 million third-quarter haul announced by President Trump's re-election campaign. Now, this is all interesting to me. I mean, this is all very interesting to me because you got the RNC just light years ahead of the DNC. You've got Trump who is more than likely, and I don't say this flippantly, I don't say this cocky, I don't say it overconfident, I have a hard time believing anybody on the left can beat Donald Trump. 
Hillary Clinton, here, here is my conspiracy theory. This is the last time Hillary Clinton can run for president. I mean, if you really look at it, this is probably the last legit time that Hillary can run for president. She's 72, three, four years old. I mean, she's not a spring chicken and she's pissed. She believes that the presidency is owed to her. In came one Barack Hussein Obama and stole it from her. In came President Trump, misogynistic, braggadocious, piece of crap Trump and stole it from her. She literally thinks the president is due to her. She thinks the position is hers. Would you think for a second, would you be at all surprised or or anything along that line to think that she doesn't believe that she's owed the presidency? I wouldn't. It, it, it would make sense for everything I just talked to you about, what they're saying and doing and why you're going after Tulsi Gabbard, because Tulsi Gabbard's probably the most moderate candidate within the actual Democrat Party, and Hillary is trying to make a space for herself. All right, my guy. All right. We got uh, one more one more thing to talk about here. So we've got about nine minutes left. But if you could do me a great big favor, head over to patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt. Now, if you use that web address, you're going to get a lot of goodies from a fantastic American-owned company right here in the great state of Texas, veteran-led and operated, who... Do something a little bit different than any other big cellular uh, phone services does. They take a little bit of that money you pay for your great cell phone plan and phone, and they give it to conservative causes that you believe in. They give it to conservative causes that you believe in. Head over to patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt. You'll get all kinds of goodies. They'll know that I sent you. But if, if you're looking to change your cell phone service, and I know that's a weird thing for a lot of people, but if you're in that spot where you're getting ready to renew or you want to get a new phone or, or, or you're looking to do something different, head over to patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt and do it now. You're going to get your activation fees waived. You're going to get all kinds of goodies. But what's really going to happen, what's really going to be amazing is you're going to help in the causes that you, you and I believe in. Head over to patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt. Do it now because, you know, you should vote with your dollar. Patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt. Do it right after the show, okay? Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You know, when I was with the cartel over on Mojo Five O, Doc Thompson and I kind of uh, sprung this little thought, this, this, this plan, that we wanted to try and take to social media and let her voice be heard. Hashtag let her voice be heard. And we were talking about AOC because she is literally the head of the Democrat Party, not Nancy Pelosi. Well, now we know it because AOC endorses Bernie Sanders at a New York campaign rally. And I'm going to tell you, it's amazing to me I saw the pictures of the crowd, and of course, the mainstream media has been telling you that the 20,000-plus, the 60,000-plus, the 80,000-plus people that show up for Donald Trump, well, these people are hypnotized and paid. But the 25,000 people that show up for Bernie Sanders is huge. It's so huge. It's fantastic. These people are hypocrites. So Bernie Sanders had a... Bernie's back rally in Queens, New York. And AOC, let her voice be heard, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, came out and endorsed Bernie Sanders. Now, I find it interesting, and I'm sure you do too, because the squad told us that white men were bad, that white men were awful, that white men were the scourge of the earth. That they were the problem for everything. And then what do you do? You come out and you endorse the evil white man. You can't make it up. So Ilhan Omar's on board. Rashida Tlaib's on board. And now Sanders in Queens confirmed a special guest 
would be Ocasio-Cortez, who represents New York's 14th conditional district, which includes part of both Queens and the Bronx. And on Wednesday, Sanders was endorsed by not only AOC, but Ilhan Omar, and then was endorsed by Rashida Tlaib. You know, the same women who said the evil white men were running the world that endorsed the evil white men. Quote, I'm so excited to have AOC join us at our rally in New York this weekend. Help us show the powerful special interest. We're not backing down and join us on Saturday in Queens, Sanders tweeted. Now, here's what came out of that little rally. Now, get ready because your IQ is about ready to go down by about 10 points. AOC says the United States of America needs to be multi-gendered and multi-geographic. Does anybody understand that crap? Multi-gendered and multi-geographic? The freshman lawmaker and squad member officially endorsed Sanders during a rally in Queensbridge Park in Long Island, New York, Long Island City, New York, on Saturday, and called for more diversity in the U.S., arguing that it should not only be multiracial and multigenerational, but multi-geographic and multi-gendered. Is she just making words up to sound smart? I mean, this poor little girl, I really feel bad for her. I don't think she's very bright. So now she's just going to make words up that sound good. She says, quote, we need a United States that really, truly, and authentically is operated, owned, and and decided by working and all people in the United States of America. But yet you're letting in illegal aliens every single day. That's not... Owned and decided by the people of the United States of America. She says that is what it is. It is multiracial, multigendered, multigenerational, and multigeographic. She said, failing to elaborate on what that specifically looks like. Because she doesn't know. Quote, we have come together, not ignoring our differences, but listening to them prioritizing them, and understanding injustice, she continued. The socialist lawmaker also implied that rampant racism is still alive and well in the U.S., telling the crowd that it is essential to understand that we operate in a context where slavery evolved into Jim Crow, evolved into mass incarceration, and evolved into the realities that we currently live in today. Let her voice be heard. Hashtag let her voice be heard because she's a moron. She just accentuates how ridiculous the Democratic Party is. How crazy is that? Multi-geographical? You can't be a... To me, multi is many. Geographical is geography, which means all over the place. Now, is she talking about regions? Is she talking about states? Is she talking about countries? Or does she not even know? Is she talking about Canada and Mexico? Are we multi-geographical there? I mean, this is some of the most absurd stuff I've ever heard of when it comes to politics in this country. But let's let her voice be heard. Come on. Come on. Hashtag. Let's get this back and going, shall we? Hashtag. Let her voice be heard. I mean, she thinks she's the face of the Democrat Party. Let's just make it so. So that happened over the weekend. I didn't get to a lot of the stuff I wanted to get to. Tomorrow we might talk about the G7. Uh, Trump decided that, you know, eh, Mar-a-Lago may not be where I want to put that. Um, we didn't get to Barack or um, Trudeau. There is a, an election up in Canada, I believe, this week that we're going to find out who's going to be the prime minister of Canada, and it looks like Trudeau may be in trouble, but uh, you're just going to have to tune into Lock and Load to hear the rest of it. I'll, I'll talk about some more of that today, but uh, i tell you, I'm out of time today. It's an hour. Come and gone, the fastest hour in conservative politics, and I don't even take a break. 
do me a quick favor. Head over to CombatFlipFlops.com. Use LOCK25, L-O-C-K-E, 25% off their website today. Had to get them in there before the hour got out. Hey, make sure you're watching the television show. Make sure you're listening to the podcast. Make sure you're helping me share. Got beer for brunch Fridays back with Sexy Jesus, Party Foul Steve. All things are go for the Matlock show. And I've got some exciting news coming at you probably this week. So get to stick around, find out, help share. But for today, the Matlock show is out. Hey there, podcast fans. Are you looking for a new true crime podcast? Check out Gangster House, the new podcast from Imperative Entertainment. Gangster House has everything. Hospital hitmen, FBI informants, a prison escape, a van explosion, and so much more. I'm Jason Hoke, creator of Gangster House and producer of podcast mega hits, Atlanta Monster, Broken Hearts, and Monster, the Zodiac Killer. Listen to Gangster House right now on your favorite podcast player.